When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Desperation. Nothing personal. Word of the day for Wednesday, November 17th, 2021 is desperation. This is the type of year where I love using that word. You've heard me use it. I've used it on Twitter. I use it during the show. Desperation is such a sad word because does anything good ever come when you're desperate? That's when bad decisions are made. That's when you convince yourself that something is right when it's wrong. That's when you're making a move in baseball or in any sport when you are an owner, president, or GM, and you talk yourself into it. I can't tell you the number of times I would talk myself into a move. We got to get this guy. We got to get this pitcher. What's another year? We need a catcher. Give him a third year. It's going to be fine. Desperation is what Artie Moreno is. He embodies desperation. He is the owner of the Anaheim Angels. He's 75 years old. Here is the qualities of desperation. Let's break it down. You can be desperate when you're in elementary school, right? You're desperate to not be bullied or you're desperate to be included. You're desperate as you get into middle school to somehow be cool, to be in the cool group, or to somehow you're desperate to maybe be comfortable in your own skin, but that's hard for middle schoolers. You get to high school, God, I'm desperate to be on the football team or I'm desperate to make the play, the school play. You feel desperate because you feel like when you achieve something that you so desperately want, does it feel good? Do you feel relief more than you feel satisfaction? I think that desperation and relief are related more than achievement and satisfaction. When I set out to achieve something and I do it, I feel satisfied. When I'm desperate to do something or get something or have something and it happens, I feel relief. I wonder what Artie Moreno was feeling when he woke up this morning, though he's still sleeping right now, assuming he's on the West Coast. I would assume he's still sleeping, though older people don't sleep a lot, so he may be awake. Good morning, Marty. That's from a movie, but his name is Artie. The Angels signed Noah Syndergaard. Noah Syndergaard, the guy who cost me a wait to see because he did not accept the qualifying offer by the New York Mets. There was some confusion yesterday when the news came out. CBS HQ, breaking news. Get on there. Let's talk about it. Syndergaard to the Angels. Hold on there, Chachi. Joni still has to take a physical. Why would the Syndergaard camp not sign with the Angels until he did? Why would he choose to do it the day he did? Here's why. Every player has until today 
who was offered that qualifying offer that we talked about, the $18.4 million that I said on a one-year deal for teams offer their own free agents a qualifying offer, you can reject it or accept it by today. If you reject it, then the team is super happy because the team that offered to you is going to get a draft pick if someone else signs that player to a multi-year deal. On the other hand, if they accept it, all of a sudden you've got $18.4 million on your book, on your payroll for next year. And I said, there's no way that Syndergaard is going to get, uh, is going to do anything other than accept it. I knew the Mets were going to offer it. We got that way to see right because their view is it's worth the money. We've got the payroll capacity. We are taking a risk. It's the devil you know. We would talk about that, Coca, when we were putting a roster together. And it actually applies to real life as I think about it. The concept of the grass is always greener on the other side is sort of counterbalanced by, isn't it better to be with the devil you know? I'm not saying players are devils. That's not what I meant, Coca. Calm down. I'm saying that when you are looking to replace one of your players, you say to yourself, wow, it's got to be better, doesn't it? Because this guy is hurt or he's ineffective or he is not good in the clubhouse. Any sort of characteristic that you put on a player, we would do that when we couldn't afford a player and we knew that player was leaving, we would try to convince ourselves, oh, he wasn't good in the clubhouse, or oh, we're going to do better, oh, he wasn't worth the money. You do all sorts of things to try to make yourself sleep at night when you run a team. But for the Mets, they said for $18.4 million, we will have Syndergaard back, we need pitching, and we're going to spend money elsewhere, so we're going to be good. So I knew they'd offer him the qualifying offer. I can't believe that any team would beat the 18.4. So when players get qualifying offers, their agents in the interim period, do you know why there is a period between qualifying offer granting and qualified offer accepting? The reason why there is a week in between is that gives the players one of that because it gives the players and the agents time to contact 29 teams and say, hi, my name is Noah. Yes, my arm is attached by staple and a string. Yes, I threw two innings last year in September coming back from Tommy John. No, I didn't throw any breaking balls in a game. Yes, my fastball was three miles per hour lower than it used to be. But yes, I'm healthy and I can help you. Would you like to give me $18.45 million guaranteed over a year? Oh, you would? I'll be back to you. Hi, I'm Noah. Would you like to give me $18.6 million? So they go team by team. And then you end with your call to the Anaheim Angels. Hello, Artie. It's Noah. You're 75 years old. The best player in the world has not won a playoff game as an Angel. You haven't finished above 500 in a long time. October is a vacation month for you and your fans. You need pitching. Would you like to pay me 18.6? Son, I'll give you 21 million. What? You will not. That can't be. Hold on. Let me get back to you. Hey, Brian, it's Noah. Will you give me 21.1 million? 21.1 million, Noah? Are you crazy? Click. Hi. John and Tom, I'd like to be in Boston. Will you give me 21.1 million? 
No, we're buying a hockey team. We'll be back to you later. Hey, Derek, what do you think? <laughs> Calls back Artie. Says, all right, 21 million. I'm in like Errol Flynn, but I got to take the physical in time for you to guarantee this contract before Wednesday because if I fail the physical because you realize that my ligament is not intact, you realize that my hair is covering all sorts of issues in my shoulder, that's why I wear my hair like Thor. I put it in a man bun. Why? Because when I'm pitching, I don't care, but when I'm not pitching, I don't want you to look at my shoulder and elbow, knees and shoulders, head. Oh, my. Noah Syndergaard took the physical, passed the physical. He officially became an angel. Then he called the Mets and said, sorry, I'm not taking the qualifying offer. The Angels called the Mets and said, you get our second round draft pick. The New York Mets looked at each other and said, hey, Billy, Billy, don't you lose my number? That's what all the agents are saying because the Mets need pitching. They need a manager. But now they have an extra draft pick and they don't have to allocate $18.4 million to Noah Syndergaard. Folks, Mets fans, you know I get on Stevie. Yes, I do because he's incompetent with no plan. But this worked out mwah, magnifico. That may have been too many syllables. Magnificentco. <laughs> I don't know what it is. What do you say when you're when you're like and want to be in the house of Gucci and you want to have that Italian accent even though you don't have the Italian accent and you're watching the trailer and everyone from Lady Gaga to Al Pacino to Jared Leto to Adam Driver everyone's got the Italian accent but it's the Italian accent that is being spoken like someone with a New York accent or someone who doesn't have oh it's a penne you have to do a whole movie like that I want the penne arbiata you don't like the Gucci I kill you. Why were we just talking Italian? I don't even know where that came up from. I was singing Phil Collins. Billy, don't you lose my number. Except it may not even be Billy. So the Mets really, if you're Mets fans, you ought to be very happy. I cannot believe the Angels did it. They were desperate. It's desperate. Desperation. What about the other team who made a big splash yesterday? I went on national radio. I like going on the fan in Toronto. If you're listening to this from Canada, thank you for letting me rehabilitate myself in the eyes of many Canadians. I love Canada more than you know. Love going on the shows with whether it's Jeff Blair, Stephen Brunt, so many others, Ben, so many great people. And we were talking about Jose Berrios, who's a pitcher for the Minnesota Twins, who get, then got traded to the Blue Jays at the deadline last year. A pitcher who is not a free agent. He's entering arbitration for his final time this coming season. And the Blue Jays said, hey, Jose, would you like to sign a contract? And Jose said, I would love to, but it's going to take seven years. No way, Jose, said Ben Stiller. And along came Polly. And somehow they came up with an agreement. Jose Barrios got seven years, $131 million yesterday from the Toronto Blue Jays. A year after signing George Springer, a year after signing Ryu, the Toronto Blue Jays are a large revenue team acting like a large revenue team. So while you're sleeping, Sandra, the Blue Jays have Vladimir Guerrero, They've got Biggio, they've got Bichette, they've got Springer, they've got Hernandez. 
Will they keep Marcus Simeon and Robbie Ray, who could win the Cy Young tonight? He's a free agent. Simeon was in the top three in MVP, along with Guerrero and Otani. That's going to be announced uh, tomorrow. The Blue Jays are a really good team who just missed the playoffs because of that crazy race at the end between the Red Sox, Yankees, and Blue Jays. Three for two, two spots. So now they have Berrios. Does that mean they're better? That's what everyone wanted to know. So I want to explain when you sign a player prior to free agency, people call it an extension. But make no mistake, Jose Berrios did not sign an extension yesterday or agree to an extension. He agreed to a six-year, $120 million free agent contract. In arbitration this year, Berrios is scheduled to make about $11 million. I took 131. I subtracted 11 to get to 120. They're announcing this as a seven-year deal, but seven years includes this year, which he was already under contract for, but you just didn't know the amount. That's what arbitration is. So therefore, the way I would look at it as a baseball guy is a six-year, $120 million deal, $20 million a year for six years for Jose Barrios. So that is what I'm evaluating. Is he possibly worth that? And the answer is no. Now, why is it that I say no to a durable pitcher like Jose Barrios, to a great teammate, and to a solid 2-3 starter? Solid. And the reason is that I got burned so badly by giving the extra year to pitchers. The likelihood of success over a six-year period is de minimis. So the math that we would do when we would talk to our owner is we would say he is 120 million over four. That's a $30 million pitcher. We are writing off the last two years of this deal. If you get four years of free agency, which is still five more years, it's this year plus four, then you've done extremely well. Is Berrios a $30 million pitcher, a $1 million a start pitcher, an elite of the elite, a Scherzer, a Kershaw when he was good, a Verlander? He's not. But the way that we convince owners and that agents convince owners is, hey, you want to have a lower AAV, a lower average annual value? Do you want to have a lower number counting toward your luxury tax threshold, your competitive balance tax threshold? Just tack on the extra year. But then the extra year comes and you're making your payroll and you're looking and you're saying, oh, crap. I got 20 million out the door to someone not even on my team. Or I have 20 million out the door and his name is Wei Yin Chen, who's on my team but doesn't pitch, who's on my team does pitch and stinks. There's only one little quadrant where this deal works out in years six and seven, which is five and six of free agency. The one little quadrant is he's on my team and he's still a productive starting pitcher, going five to seven innings per start, doing 30 starts per year. And the chance of that, believe me, toilet pants don't even want to get involved. That's how much there's no chance that Jose Barrios will be starting 30 games in seven years. That said, I give the Blue Jays credit. 
And the reason I give them credit is simple. They have a window. Recognizing your window of winning and taking advantage of it is a major differentiator in baseball. Not all teams are good enough to both recognize the window and take advantage. Some teams can recognize it, but they don't have the resources to take advantage. Many teams can't recognize when the window's either open or closed. So while they say they're taking advantage and they do things to make fans happy by signing contracts, they're actually signing players at a time when their window's closing or closed, which does no use. That's called the Edwin Jackson rule. And I love Edwin, one of the nicest players I had in my career. He's the guy who played for 25 teams. He's the guy who Tom Ricketts in Chicago, when the Cubs were in the middle of their rebuild, tanking on their way to winning the World Series in 16 to the dynasty that never was since they won the same number of championships as the Marlins. Ah, One fewer, actually, if you're going to count since 97. But in the middle of the rebuild, Tom Ricketts got so upset that the team was losing so much, he said, hey, can you just give Edwin Jackson $55 million or $45 million, whatever they gave Edwin Jackson, which ended up being a complete waste for everyone but his heirs and his signs and successors. So that is the type of situation where the owner did not recognize that the window was not yet open for the Cubs, but they needed to do something, wanted to do something to try to appease fans. I never really understood that side of fans. Can we talk about this for one second, Coca? As a fan of a sports team, is it true that all you care about is an owner spending money and it doesn't matter if they win or not? I never was able to wrap my arms around that. How is Stuart Sternberg not the best and your favorite owner in all of sports? Where he pays one-third of the salary to players but wins two-thirds of the time? Isn't that what you are trying to do in your everyday life? You are trying to win the most by spending the least. You're trying to do the most, accomplish the most, at the, with doing the least. Isn't that how you got through school? Trying to get the best grade you can by doing the least amount of work possible to get the best grade possible? Maybe it's just me. That was always my gig. I'm going to do the most I can to accomplish the most I can with the number one goal, accomplishing the most I can, and then adjusting from there with my level of effort to achieve the most I can. Now, you're going to say, hold on. You may have it wrong what you're aiming for. If you're trying to achieve an eight level, but you only have to give a four level effort to achieve the eight, shouldn't you have been aiming for a nine or a 10? I hear you, but the damn line moves all the time. So at some point, you just have to set yourself up with what you actually want and then be okay when you get it regardless of the effort. But you have to be okay. So in sports, if you're okay with a winning record, winning 81 games in baseball, making it to the playoffs and losing in the first round every year, that you once in a while would like to compete for the title, but if you end your career without a ring, you're fine, it's good. Or you realize that getting to the playoffs is all that matters and winning a ring is just luck and circumstance during the playoff round in baseball during October. But why wouldn't you appreciate Sternberg? And why wouldn't you look at someone like Steve Ross of the Dolphins or Hal Steinbrenner of the Yankees 
They spend money hand over fist. And they don't win. Now, the Yankees have made the playoffs that are way more successful than the Dolphins. But why isn't Steve Ross totally loathed in in Miami? Because he spends money? The team stinks every year. Anyway, that's it. (laughs) All right. I want to talk about Ben Simmons for a minute because I was watching the uh, doubleheader last night. First, I was watching the Warriors beat the Nets, which was our pick of the day. That was fun. We knew that would happen. They were getting points from the Nets. I'm not sure why. And then I'm watching the Sixers, and I'm looking for Ben, and Ben Simmons is still not there. I don't want to let this story die because as a team executive and as a teammate, it is so angering, discouraging, mortifying, and absolute horse hockey that Ben Simmons is sitting out. And this is on the doubleheader of watching the Nets play without Kyrie Irving, who's sitting out because he refuses to get vaccinated. Of course, he says, no, it's not that I refuse to get vaccinated. I don't want people telling me to get vaccinated. Maybe we should use double reverse psychology and call up Kyrie and say, hey, the rules are changed. You don't have to be vaccinated anymore. As a matter of fact, for those who are vaccinated, you can't play home games in the New York, New Jersey area. If you're not vaccinated, then you're allowed to play. That would be like the Sneetches with stars and the Sneetches without stars. Everyone would have to change. Instead of getting fake fax cards, you'd have to pretend that you're unvaccinated. So Kyrie's not playing. Ben's not playing. And I want to reiterate one more time, and I want this to resonate with you. My anger with Ben Simmons and his mental health issues is that Ben Simmons doesn't have mental health issues. How dare you, David? How dare you comment when you had Marty Fish on a Samson sit-down, when you have been such an absolute understanding person about people's mental health issues? When you've been so open about your own mental health issues, which I have been? How dare you say that Ben is not suffering from that? It is critical that you understand the provenance of my thought process. Mental health issues by definition, they, 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 you can't pin them. You can't somehow say, oh, I had a trauma and now it's affecting me, or I just had this happen to me. Therefore I am now in a mental health crisis. It's a process. It's that pebble that becomes an avalanche. It's something that happens slowly that in the rearview mirror, you say, wow, this is where I am and I can't exactly recall how I get there and how I got there, but I'm gonna pin it to a moment because that gives me the ability to try to fix it. If I can look at the root, it's what therapy does, right? It tries to get to the root of everything without realizing that sometimes finding the root of something is extraordinarily difficult because when you get to the bottom of something, there's always another layer. Mental health issues are like glaciers. You see a bunch of stuff above the water, but you better not be snorkeling nearby because you're gonna hit your head. Don't you dare scuba dive either because you are definitely gonna hit your head. That's how I view mental health issues. And Ben Simmons only said, oh, I got mental health issues because, oh man, I'm losing money. The Sixers are fining me. Excuse me one second. I'm recording a show. I'll call you back.
The Sixers were fining Ben Simmons for not showing up. And then Ben Simmons said, I got mental health issues. That's why I'm not showing up. And the Sixers said, oh, I can't fine you anymore. Because under the collective bargaining agreement, correctly so, when there are legitimate mental health issues for a player, that is the same, and that's all I've ever wanted. That is the same as a physical health issue for a player. And when you've got a physical health issue, you get paid while you are rehabbing it. It should be when you have a mental health issue that you get paid while rehabbing it. I'm in. Believe me. But you can't conveniently use mental health as that sword. It doesn't work. So the Sixers started fining Ben Simmons again, except they couldn't find him for his mental health issues. They started finding him because he wasn't going on trips with the team. He wasn't showing up to the team doctors to work on his mental health issues. There was no path to coming back. And then Ben started seeing the team doctors, of course. But now he's being fined again because he wouldn't go on this road trip. If you are listening, Daryl, and you've told me that you do, I understand that this is a source of ego for you. I understand that you cannot take less for Ben in a trade than you think he's worth, even though you have been told by the market that that is not what he is worth. Let me explain. When you own a piece of stock, right? It's a piece of stock. You open the newspaper, you go online, you go on EF Hutton or John Dutton or whatever online trading company you use. You look at the ticker symbol of your company, you see a number, you take that number, you multiply it by the number of shares you own, and you say, ah, that is what this piece of stock is worth. You go online or you call your broker and you say, I want to convert that share of stock into that dollar amount. Now, there's gonna be fees, even though they say no fees, believe me, all these companies that say no fees, just so you understand how that works, when you wanna get a share of stock sold at a certain price, good luck. Anyway, there is an easy way to match asset and worth. Now let's go a little bit less sure. Your house, if you own your house, you have an idea of what you paid. You have an idea of what you think it's worth. There's been an appraisal, an appraisal for tax purposes. Sometimes you have an appraisal done just because you want to know what your house is worth. Is that the asset that you have? Is that what your house is worth? And the answer is no. A house is worth what a buyer will pay for it. What a bona fide buyer with money will pay for it. Now, let's go even cloudier. Let's go to a player. We spend hours, days, weeks, and months, and years talking about the value of a player. We talk about the value of a draft pick. You're hearing that a lot in baseball. Stevie Cohn came out and said, draft picks are worth $7 million. Where'd you come up with that? So analysts do all these, they write code all these analytics departments. And this is not me being a boomer. I'm telling you how this happens and how it's absolutely ridiculous. You come up with a value. So that's what we did. Every player had an internal value assigned to him. 
We did that with minor leaguers too. Does that mean that's what the players are worth? No. When you go to the market, and in basketball, there's only a 32-team market. Or is it 30? Whatever it is. I confuse this every time, Coca. It's either 30 or 32. And the market says that Ben Simmons is not worth three first-rounders, three second-rounders, or that Deshaun Watson is not worth three first-rounders, three second-rounders. But yet these GMs all have assigned a value to their player, and they don't budge until they get that value. The 76ers are making a mistake. There is a point at which you simply have to cut bait and move forward. When we come back, we're going to review. So turn your volume down if the volume for the commercials is too high. We're going to review the new Disney Plus Marvel movie. And then I'm going to keep talking about some stocks because I may be buying, I may be buying a team today. Coke and I may decide that we're going to leave nothing personal and we're going to team ownership. We'll let you know when we come back after the break. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back. Turn the volume back up. Hi, I'm David. Thank you for rating, reviewing, and following Nothing Personal. Make sure that you are doing all the things you're supposed to do so that all the metrics that are measured can continue to grow the way they have. Thank you for telling your friends about Nothing Personal. We have fun here every day. We watch a movie every day. I've gotten Coco way into more movies more than he ever was. And Coca told me that I had to watch the new Marvel movie. Now, keep in mind that while I'm a movie guy, and I've been watching a movie a day since well before Nothing Personal started back in October of 2019. So this was a natural thing for me to do. But now I get to watch a movie and say, hey, I'm working. Quiet. Isn't that, I love that. Being a film reviewer, that's what you get to do. And I guess I get the same a film reviewer. So I had never seen a Marvel movie when I started at CBS Sports HQ. I go to the studio in February 26th, my birthday actually, was the first day that CBS Sports HQ launched. It's now become this powerhouse digital network where you can go and get your sports and highlights and everything else and good analysis by interesting people, fantasy, gambling, etc. Do we get paid for saying what we just said, Coca? Will you call Port and tell him we just did a CBS Sports HQ commercial, please, that wasn't even part of the show? Yeah, no, I'm going to want 50 bucks for that, please. That was a quick, that was a 15-second read. Okay, thank you. Wait, was that on the show? All right, wipe that. All right, let's start again. Ready? 10, 20, 69. So when I first got to CBS Sports HQ, I had never seen a Marvel movie. And I was sitting there with a bunch of anchors and, and producers, and they said, you've got to see the Marvel movies. I said, you know what? I got some time. And this was pre-pandemic, but I still had time nonetheless. And so they gave me a list of the Marvel movies to see and the order in which to see them. And I watched every single one of them, every single one of them. And I actually loved the franchise. I was all in. I enjoyed 
from Iron Man to Captain America to Thor to Avengers to Guardians of the Galaxy, which may not be Marvel, actually. But I was I started, which I had never seen any of the Guardians movies either. So I'm watching. Coco says to me, hey, there's a new one called Shang-Chi and Legend of the Ten Rings. I'd never even heard of it. I didn't know Disney Plus was doing it because I'm too busy being on Paramount Plus for now. Yeah. All right. We just lost our port money, didn't we? Shang-Chi is in the Marvel Universe, but it's got a story. It's got beautiful fight scenes that are not these sort of superhero CGI crazy stuff. It's a lot of, it's, it's about, it takes place in, a, in an island in Asia where there are some bad people trying to protect some bad things from happening, but there's bad people who want to get the bad things to happen because then they can maybe take over a bunch of different galaxies. Who cares? But the story is truly a family story. Shang-Chi for me is about family. And you know how much I love family movies because I get to then measure. I assume we all do this when we watch Christmas movies and family movies, romantic comedy movies. I don't think I'm the only one where I measure my life against what I see on screen. And it always comes up short, which definitely makes me despondent beyond repair. Hey, that's not how love is in real in the real world. Is that possible? I guess it's sort of like watching adult movies and saying, oh, God, is that what I'm supposed to be doing? I can't do that. I guess I should apply those same theories to romantic comedies and to these family movies where it's such an interesting dynamic. There's a level of love and, and, and communication that every family should strive for, but maybe it's just because it's the movies. Maybe movies represent what we want to happen, but what we know can never happen, but we're always gonna strive to make it happen. I get it. If we can have and accomplish what we see in the movies, that would not be relief because it's not born from desperation. That would be accomplishment because it's born from desire. Shang-Chi. One of the best movies I've seen this year. It is two hours and it is perfect. Okay, play some music for me, Coca. You know what I want? <laughs> I wanna talk to Samson. You know what I want? I wanna talk to Samson. Those of you new to Nothing Personal, that's from a movie called Half Baked. There's a character named Samson who gets approached by people who want to talk to him because they want the weed. You put the weed in the coconut. I was just watching Wedding Ringer in the middle of the night last night, Coca. Have you seen that movie with Kevin Hart and Josh Gad? I think we've reviewed it on Nothing Personal, but I was just in the mood for whatever reason. So from like 3 to 4.42, I watched Wedding Ringer again, and I laughed out loud. And I'd seen it a dozen times. I was just in that kind of mood. So Half-Baked is a movie, So You Want to Talk to Samson. That's when you ask me a question on Twitter at David P. Samson, and then I may answer it on Twitter. I may answer it during a show. I may not get to it, but either way, I appreciate you going on Twitter and pressing follow. Hello, David. Hello. Should I buy stock in the Green Bay Packers? (laughs) I like the simple questions. Some of the So You Want to Talk to Samson's are like 50 words. Three paragraphs. Some are very simple, like this. Should I buy stock in the Green Bay Packers? Stop. In the name of money. 
because you're breaking my heart. The Green Bay Packers are offering 300,000 shares of stock at $300 per share. They are raising, do the math, $90 million. Except it's not stock. There's no market. You can't go and look at your newspaper or go to johndutton.com or efhutton.com and look at the share price. They don't trade. They're of zero value. You can't vote in shareholder votes. You know, you get those pieces of paper. Hey, we're in a shareholder. We want your vote. Vote for a board of directors. None of that exists. It is the biggest misconception to say that the Green Bay Packers are selling stock. They are not. What are you actually buying? You are buying a Hanukkah present. That's it. If you have someone you want to spend $300 for, and they are fans of the Green Bay Packers, buy them a share of stock in the Green Bay Packers, because then they get to go to cocktail parties, and they get to show their little thing on their phone, and then they get to frame it and put it up in their house with their other tchotchkes that says you are the proud owner of one share of stock of the Green Bay Packers. When I got my first share of stock as a boy that I've told you the story in McDonald's, I would walk into McDonald's, I'd order a quarter pounder, I would get a napkin, I'd rip off a quarter of a napkin, and I would say, I own this napkin. That was my first understanding of what owning stock in a company is, understanding that I owned one share of a stock with hundreds of millions of shares. I own the corner of one napkin and one McDonald's in one place around the world. Do you know what you can do with your one share of stock, your piece of paper from the Green Bay Packers? You can wipe your tuchus with it. You don't have to put it in your safety deposit box. You just get to say you're an owner. That's why the offering. Do you know the regulations that are required when a real company is offering to buy shares of stock in the company? You have to read a 100-page proviso that gives you all the risks associated with the company, all the ways they're full of crap. I've written these and read these. There's no guarantee that this share of stock will be worth more than what you paid for it. There's actually a likelihood it'll be less than what you paid for it. So the reason why the Packers do this is they are trying to raise money not to sign players, not to help Aaron Rodgers. They are raising money to do capital projects, to make Lambeau Field better, to do things around their facility. We call them capital expenses. And they don't have an owner. They're owned by a bunch of individuals who own actual shares of stock in the Green Bay Packers, run by a president named Mark Murphy, who's also the chairman of the board. They can't go to an individual owner and ask for money. So the NFL has let them raise money this way from you. How amazing is it that the Green Bay Packers can get money to do stadiums and other such things from you? Wait a minute. Hold on. This sounds familiar to me. I'm going to get there soon. Oh my God, I got there. That's what we all do when we get public money for ballparks. We're getting money from you. Now, in Florida, we got it from the tourists. But when I say you, it's just not me. 
So the actual people who own the Packers who want to do these capital repairs, they don't want to put their own money in. So they say, hey, give me $300. And you know what? You do every single time. Maybe the Marlins should have done that. What if we just said to you, wait a minute, we do do that. Have you ever bought a PSL, a personal seat license? Have you ever put down a deposit for season tickets? Do you know why prices go up other than inflation, which we can certainly talk about the fact that we're living through unbelievably inflationary times because the Fed has kept rates artificially down too long and they're printing money like it's going out of style, giving stimulus checks like no one gives a crap. And that's why you say, wow, gas is $5, huh? It's called inflation. There's too much currency. They got to stop printing money. Literally, they print money. That's what they do. What does the Federal Reserve do? Hey, we print money. What do you think? Money grows on trees? No, it gets printed in a printing press. I watch Good Girls, so did you. It gets printed. Every team owner wants to get more money from you so they can spend money on things they want to spend money on and it's OPM, other people's money. And then the things they spend money on that you've given them helps what they own be worth more. Here's the equivalent. When you need to take your car to the shop because it gets dinged, you send out a letter. Excuse me. My name is Jessica. Is there any way that you would like to pay $10 to get a picture of me next to my car? Thank you. I'm taking that $10 times the 100 people who ask for it because I got to get my ding fixed. Did I pay for the ding? No, you paid for the ding, but only a small part of the ding. $300, that's not a big part of the Packers $90 million capital project or the $90 million raise, but guess what? It is, because it's your $300. So you're asking me, should I buy stock in the Green Bay Packers? What do I look like, your mother? I don't know what kind of gifts you should be buying for people. There are way better ways to spend $300 unless you're a big Packers fan and you get satisfaction and you get sort of your rocks off by going to a party and saying, hey, I'm a limited partner of the Green Bay Packers. Look at me, baby. I'm only Jewish from the waist up because I own a share of stock of the Packers. Do it if you love it, but that's it. It's not an investment. Are we clear? Now, wait to see is when we say something's going to happen. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes it doesn't. I got to wait to see. The Packers are selling 300,000 shares. Guess what? Seven days from today, on November 24th, do we have a show seven days from today? I think seven days from today is the day before Thanksgiving, Coca. So remind me on Wednesday, November 24th, the 300,000 shares for the, that the Packers are offering will be sold out. Sold out. Like you're buying it on Amazon for Christmas. Do you think the timing of this offering is a coincidence? Come on. Nothing personal pick of the day. 153 and 135. We're back to 18 over. Warriors plus two and a half. That's a slam dunk. We talked about that game already. American League Manager of the Year, Dusty Baker, did not win. They gave it to Kevin Cash for the second year in a row. I forgot the old low payroll rule. That's how Don Mattingly wins Manager of the Year. That's how Joe Girardi wins Manager of the Year. They're good. 
But when you've got low expectations, low payroll, or medium expectations, low payroll, but then you win your division against the Yankees and the Red Sox, you're going to win manager of the year. Kevin Cash, he may or may not deserve it, but he won it, so that's a loss. But the National League was the easiest pick. I hope you bet it, if you can, on William Hill or Caesars or wherever else. Gabe Kapler, he deserves it. I'm actually very impressed. I did not think Kapler would be a good manager. He was not a success in Philadelphia. He went to San Francisco, and he found a way to combine with Farhan, his president of baseball ops, and they had a great year. He deserves it. So that's 2-1, and one, 153 and 135. Tonight is the Cy Young. What, somebody asked me on Twitter why it's every night this week their awards, starting with Rookie of the Year, Manager of the Year, Cy Young, and then MVP tomorrow. Because Major League Baseball owns a network called MLB Network. And each night that they can make an announcement, they get to do an entire couple of hours of content, live content, live relevant off-season content. If they could spread it out over a month, they would. Believe me. So tonight, we're getting to the Cy Young Award winners. Max Scherzer goes for his fourth Cy Young. What a great story. Going from the Nationals to the Dodgers, he was unstoppable. Unstoppable with the Dodgers, as you recall, after the trade. Guess what? I thought Zach Wheeler had the inside track for the Philadelphia Phillies. He had a great season, great free agent signing. The erstwhile Met. That must make Met fans really disappointing how good Wheeler's been with the Phillies. But you know what? They're both going to lose to Corbin Burns. In addition to being an actor on L.A. Law and the third baseman for Major League, the Cleveland Indians, Corbin Burns is a current pitcher for the Milwaukee Brewers. Now, we may have forgotten about Milwaukee because they lost in the playoffs, but don't you forget about me telling you that the Milwaukee Brewers pitching staff, in my mind, was simply the best. Corbin Burns deserves the AL Cy Young Award and will win it tonight. NL Cy Young. You've got a free agent, Robbie Ray. You have a $300 million pitcher without foreign substances, Garrett Cole. And you've got Lance Lynn, the great Texas Ranger, durable pitcher, who was traded to the White Sox before the season and helped lead the White Sox and their manager to the postseason. Robbie Ray is going to win the Cy Young, and then he's going to sign a free agent deal that's going to be a huge overpay, and it's going to be awesome for him. Couldn't be happier for him. Corbin Burns in the AL, Robbie Ray, and then we've got an interesting basketball game. We're giving you three picks again. I'm going to be watching at 7 o'clock tonight or 7.30 tonight, the Milwaukee Bucks against the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers, who every day are proving to me that my preseason prognostication was correct, that they will not be able to win a title. They have had a terrible start. LeBron may come back tonight. The Bucks have been underperforming, but the Bucks are giving seven and a half to the Lakers, and people are going to be very scared. I'm not. Bucks, seven and a half over the Lakers because the Lakers stink. Even in their new crypto.com arena. Burns, Ray, Bucks, pick of the day. Thanks for being here. Guess what? We'll be back tomorrow because every day it's just business. This is nothing personal. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. 
With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.